This is episode 44 of the Prepper Website Podcast. Today, our articles are Why Buy New When You Can Shop Used, Reviewing Secondhand Approaches to First World Problems, The Four Things You Must Eat to Avoid Malnutrition, and Seven Things You Need to Hunker Down. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily aggregator of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey, before I get started, just uh, an apology. I thought my allergies were getting a little bit better, and it just it seemed to have gotten worse today. I think I sneezed, no joke, I think it was about 25 times today, and each one of those sneezes was like a twofer. So at work, they stopped just saying, bless you, because I, I was just sneezing so much. But... Um, I can kind of feel it really stuffy here, so just uh, bear with me. I apologize for that. So let's go ahead and start our first article. This article comes to us from the survivalistblog.net, and again, it's titled, Why Buy New When You Can Shop Used? Reviewing Secondhand Approaches to First World Problems. There's a little bit of like philosophy in here or uh, theory in here, and then some practical stuff at the end, so uh, a good read. All right, so here's a quote. From Sun Tzu, measurement owes its existence to earth, estimation of quantity to measurement, calculation to estimation of quantity, balancing of chances to calculation, and victory to balances of chance. For all of us, there is the justified issue of money. We may not like it, but money makes the world go round, at least at this time. We can all remember times in our lives where a solid barter or trade superseded any hint of monetary distribution when all we had to offer for a tool or even food was a trade of our services and our or object we held. Of course, if there are those of you who have never seen these times, horse trading or bartering is absolutely one of the greatest skill sets we can absorb and use. For myself personally, I have worked for multi-billion dollar corporations when a billion dollars meant something. I was middle management by the time I was 21 and making high five figures when gold was under $100 an ounce. Not at any point did I consider my future. Sure, I had a couple months of savings and old habits instilled in me by my parents die hard, so I have always had a decent stock of dry canned, dry canned and other food as well as water. However, did I really think the world could end or that the things that have happened would? Honestly, yes I did see I have the benefit of something others may have never had. At a very young age, I was taught there is no shame in asking someone with plenty if my labor or services were of sufficient value to trade for some of what they have. I was also taught to share what we had, even if it was a little or barely sufficient for ourselves. I was taught the value of hard work, not of money. Rather, I was taught money was merely a means to an end, and the end was what we decided. In addition to this, I had by the age of 11 lived through a major car accident, sexual and physical abuse by the leader of the church and their friends, and by the time I was 12, several major surgeries on my back, legs, and knee. I was in traction most of my 13th year, and at 14 was learning to walk again thanks to extreme atrophy of my legs post-surgery. You see, the car incident resulted in my much-advanced physical condition of grade 4 spondylolisthesis at 11 to 12. Unheard of, the physicians gave varying degrees of diagnosis from the standard to the extreme, none very positive. However, I was not raised to quit. My father had, if anything, helped me understand one thing. We can only rely on ourselves. 
More importantly, we cannot quit. Quitting was not in my vocabulary, so I continued on as the second eldest of eight children. Four girls, four boys, and at the age of 12, the eldest at home. I was also saddled with the wonderful eldest role. Of course, I had been taught to trap, harvest, raise food, and hunt before I could walk, as they say. I was tracking animals actively at six and seven, and my daughter does the same today. My son, my engineer, has extreme talents, just not in the same arena. I was also taught the art of the deal. To this day, my parents have not, that I am aware of, had a vehicle that was not traded for in some manner, excepting the car I was able to gift them recently. This is the point of the article, the art of the deal. Modern Americans fail to understand a simple principle. It is not about take as much as you can before the well dries up. No, self-sustaining lives are all about creating mutually compatible, beneficial, and voluntary relationships with as many people as we can. This betters our chances at finding a deal, service, or object when we need one. Modern Americans seem to be trending towards looking good without substance and basically grifting those around them for whatever they can. I was raised with the mindset that we have to work for what we wanted. We earn our way and should never knowingly take advantage of others. With this mindset, the idea of trolling pawn shops, secondhand stores, and garage or yard sales is not a negative. It is a benefit that has mutual rewards. There are several local pawn shops and dozens of people who gladly embrace the idea of expanding a very mutually beneficial relationship. It has allowed me to do what my father always prided himself on, and so many of my genetic siblings fail to understand even to this day. Keep his word even at a personal cost to self. You see, in the end, your word is all you have. If you cannot keep your word, what good are you really? Sure, there are hundreds of sharks swimming in the business seas, and they all die alone. So if it is pride that keeps you from rubbing shoulders with a homeless man on the aisle of the local dollar store, or a sense of being better that keeps you from seeking out the deal versus always needing a brand name, I doubt sincerely that this is the page for you. By all means, have your pride and integrity, but remember a simple reality. Things do not a wealthy man make. Rather, it is lack of debt and a clean conscience that makes a truly wealthy man. I am using man as a general term. I used to believe that I would trade anything for a Saudi's yacht until I realized just how terrible every modern mega-billionaire really is and how much worse are those who scramble at the feet of them trying to prove themselves. So was this review or more of an instructional? I guess it's a bit of both. If I could leave you with a few points. Pawn shops sell between 50 and 200% of the paid value of the product. The longer it is on the shelf, the more likely they are to make a real deal for it. Yard sales are all perception. If you walk into a yard sale looking like you own a 22-bedroom mansion, you won't find a good deal. No need to lie, just remember there is also no reason to reveal your money or status through items worn. Almost every single thrift store I have ever been to has at least one person who believes they are an antique dealer in another form. Avoid them and deal with the others. There is no reason to overspend for something you know can be had for less. Remember, they got it for free. Sure, some of them may have overhead, but most utilize labor of individuals on probation meaning their real overhead is the electricity and the director who is likely making far more than they deserve. Don't be afraid to ask for the deal or offer a legitimate counteroffer to someone original, even at a box store, 
Product that doesn't move means lost profits, and most box stores price things at an average of 15 to 100% profit margin. So that ding can of food we know won't store long, but will allow us to prevent reaching into our pristine stash. Ask for a discount. Use your words as I tell my children. Be polite and firm. Tell them why you believe that your offered price is a valid one. What is the worst that can happen? They turn you down? How many of us are married and how many of us dated at some point? Come on, getting turned down is nothing more than a learning experience and an invitation to try, try again. If it helps at all, I have a relatively decent collection of firearms obtained over, overall at below market value simply because I know how to ask and what I am willing to pay. I also know true values and inflated values and I can break down and put together virtually every currently available civilian firearm known. Though unless you have a decent relationship with the owner, do not do this without first asking. If you know what you are doing, they will not hesitate to make a deal with you. Because you are not buying a brand, you are buying a product and are no normal customer. Knowing what you want and why, do not be one of the modern, oh pretty, must have, or worse, but honey, Jake down the street. Free the mind and the body will follow. I like this article. And uh, again, you know, over at... Uh, survivalistblog.net and they have a, just a big community so there's a lot of uh, comments that you can go and, and check out. I like this article um, because it does talk about you know being frugal, looking at secondhand things. Uh, you know I am around um, people who are just like they, they you know to be honest is like hey we don't go to that grocery store. We go to this grocery store. And if you mention that grocery store, they they kind of like, oh, you go to that one over there. And, uh, you know, I, sometimes I'm just wondering, like, man, really? Are you really talking like that? Uh, but there are some really great deals that you can find out there. And uh, like uh, the author says here, is going out there and asking for a deal, not being afraid to, to ask. My mom is really, really great at that. Uh, she, she's a, she's a, a pro at that. It's not something that I have learned as much, but I, I am able to do a little bit more than, uh, than your average person, I think. But uh, going out there and, and, and knowing what you're looking for and, and uh, knowing what its value is. So good article there, and hopefully we start putting some of this stuff into, into play. I think the ultimate area where he's going with the bartering and being a person of your word and knowing value, I don't think that will ever happen until there is like a collapse. And even at that, you get to a point where you, you eventually have to trust people. I don't think you're going to have that in today's society uh, yet until you get to a point. And he talks about building the relationship. So that's important. If you have relationships built, um, and I have talked about this in a, in a recent podcast about going to a local firearms dealer and, and working with them and buying firearms from them and establishing that relationship. That's, that's a really good deal. Um, but as far as just being in a society that is a people of their word and, and they know, you know, they're, they're wanting to help each other out and being mutually respectable or respectful, uh, that's not going to happen until, you know, we get to uh, a really bad situation where people are kind of forced to have to start trusting people and looking at people and saying, okay, I can, I believe I can trust you and, and, and going from there. So go check out the survivalistblog.net. Check out this article because there are links that you'll want to uh, uh, click on. Okay, the next article comes to us from readynutrition.com. 
and it's uh, entitled The Four Things You Must Eat to Avoid Malnutrition. It's from Tess Pennington. Tess is a friend of mine. Uh, I'm going to be asking her to do uh, uh, see if she'll come on and do an interview, a written interview here soon. Um, so let's go ahead and read this one because I, th- I think it's important to, to know. And uh, this might be one that you might even want to print out and start applying. While those of us living comfortably in the United States do not see malnutrition on a regular basis, it can and will possess a problem if an unprepared population finds itself dealing with a long-term disaster. During the, during the turbulent times of the Great Depression, malnutrition was at the forefront of health issues and as a result many suffered short and long-term effects of this health problem. Equipping yourself with the knowledge of why we should store certain types of food, knowing the health benefits these foods possess, how they affect our bodies, and how our bodies respond when these types of foods become scarce will help you make better choices when investing in your food storage. Vitamin deficiencies, stunted growth, skin infections, hair loss, increased illness, and even death are all contributing factors to being malnourished. Malnutrition can also occur from improper water treatment. Globally, untreated water is one of the leading causes of malnutrition and one of the four most likely ways you can die in an SHTF scenario. As a result, an individual who is malnourished can have severe or prolonged diarrhea, renal failure, infection, or diseases that cause the malabsorption of nutrients in the small intestine. Children, particularly infants and those under 5 years of age, are also at an increased risk of malnutrition due to a greater need for energy and nutrients during periods of rapid growth and development. Elderly adults are also prone to malnutrition as a result of decrease in both the appetite and intestinal function. Therefore, preventative measures should be put in place for these vulnerable age groups to ward off this health issue. The four types of four food types to avoid malnutrition. Concentrating on storing foods that have carbohydrates, proteins, fats, vitamins, and minerals can assist in maintaining healthy bodies and decrease the likelihood of malnutrition in a long-term emergency. To find out how much food your family needs for a long-term emergency, click here. Those that are preparedness-minded may want to take a more in-depth look at a question of why it is important to store these types of foods. Carbohydrates. Simply put, carbohydrates provide the body with energy. They also have a symbiotic relationship with proteins by protecting the protein stores in the body. The brain optimally uses carbohydrates for energy, but when there is insufficient carbohydrate consumption for several weeks, the body does not metabolize fatty acids completely, and as a result, body protein will also be lost, and the body will generally become weakened. According to the United States Department of Agriculture, half your daily calories should come from carbohydrates, so you can determine how many grams of carbohydrates you need based on your calorie intake. At a minimum, an intake of 50 to 100 grams, that's 1.8 to 3.5 ounces of carbohydrates, is required to prevent the development of ketones that the brain can use somewhat inefficiently for energy. Preps to buy. White rice, pasta, wheat, oats, dehydrated fruits and vegetables, sugars, honey, fruits, roots and tubers, cook these well, and cereals. For those with wheat allergies, click here. Protein. Protein is a part of every cell on the human body. Also, equally as important, proteins provide the body with a special form of nitrogen that the body cannot get from carbohydrates or lipids. Proteins also help regulate the pH or acid-base balance in the blood are necessary for the synthesis of many hormones and enzymes and participate in important cell formation for cells vital for the immune system. 
In the case of starvation, excessive muscle tissue is wasted and results in diminished health. Protein, like carbohydrates, provides approximately 4 kilocalories per gram of protein consumed, but requires much more metabolizing and processing by the liver and kidneys to put the energy from protein to use. In general, it's recommended that 10 to 35% of your daily calories come from protein. Preps to buy. Legumes, eggs, nuts, peanut butter, canned meats and fish, oatmeal, grains, wheat, quinoa, MREs, popcorn. Fats. As much as we would like to eliminate fats from our regular diets, this food source actually plays a vital role in maintaining healthy skin and hair, insulating body organs against shock, maintaining body temperature, and promoting healthy cell function. They also serve as energy stores for the body. In addition, vitamin A, D, E, and K are fat-soluble, meaning they can only be digested, absorbed, and transported in conjunction with fats. Fats are also sources of essential fatty acids, an important dietary requirement, and also serves as a useful buffer towards a host of diseases. The USDA suggests that about 30 to 35 of your daily percent of your daily calories intake should come from fat. Preps to buy. Whole milk, ensure, peanut butter, oil, preferably plant-based oil, nuts, and seeds. Vitamins and minerals. Did you know that a staggering 13 vitamins are considered necessary to perform crucial functions in the body? Vitamins and minerals are needed for overall health and provide protection against infection and diseases, help the body grow, help the body's metabolism, and assist in the removal of waste products. It is recommended to obtain your vitamin intake through fresh fruits and vegetables with a regular diet. However, when dietary sources are limited, taking vitamin supplements is an excellent alternative. Amounts vary for children, seniors, lactating or pregnant women, smokers, heavy alcohol drinkers, stressed, those with chronic disease, or those who consume less than 2,000 calories per day. Because vitamin deficiencies tend to exasperate over time, we are typically unaware of being deficient until secondary issues manifest themselves. Eating a balanced diet and taking a multivitamin is one way to curb this issue and the psychological consequences that go with it. Some psychological psychological consequences I'm sorry that's physiological consequences Uh, some physiological consequences of deficiency include dental problems inflammation of the mouth and tongue riboflavin deficiencies diarrhea dermatitis niacin deficiency edema weakness thiamine deficiency tongue soreness and anemia biotin deficiency fatigue tingling in the hands pantothenic acid deficiency, poor growth inflammation of the tongue, folate deficiency, poor nerve function, macrocytic anemia, vitamin B12 deficiency, and poor wound healing, bleeding gums, vitamin C deficiency. Preps to buy multivitamins, vitamin C, vitamin D, vitamin powders, dehydrated fruits and vegetables, seeds to grow vegetables, and for sprouting, survival bars. In summation, as our standard of living continues to diminish, malnutrition will be a more present health problem with our population. Investigating, you know, sorry, investing in healthy and nutritious foods and learning how to properly store it for long-term use can assist you in maintaining your health and prevent the short and long-term effects of malnourishment discussed in this article. Uh, parts of this article were adapted from eNotes. Um, I want to let you know that... Um, 
Tessa's book, The Prepper Blueprint, has a lot of great information in there. She's, she's, I advertise it on Prepper website, and uh, you really need to take a look at it. But a uh, great article here, something that we don't think about. You know, we, we, we think about, or usually, uh, most preppers are like, I'm storing food. And you store the food that's easily to store, right? You, the rice, the beans, the, those kinds of things. But not putting into account, not thinking about all the other aspects of it. And realizing, you, you, a lot of the times you don't realize that, yeah, malnutrition or vitamin deficiencies doesn't show up until later on. You start seeing signs of it. But you don't realize what it is until it's too late. And if you're in an SHTF scenario where you just can't run out to the store and get whatever you need, that's going to be a problem. So uh, definitely something to check out. There's a lot of links here. She's uh, linking to uh, all kinds of stuff in in the article. Like uh, she's linking to sources and and uh, just a lot of links that you can check out. Uh, Tess does a good job of linking to other articles as well. All right, so let's go ahead and move on to our last article of the podcast. This comes to us from prepblog.com, and it's seven things you need to hunker down. Bugging out in case of emergency is a much-discussed option in prepping, and it's a real necessity for some disasters. But what happens if you decide to hunker down? Let's say there's no need to evacuate your home, and going out and about might be dangerous. You're in for the duration. Here are the seven main things you need to hold up and wait out the situation. Number one is shelter. You have a home, good, but preppers need to consider whether their current home is arranged in a suitable manner for waiting out a disaster. I would suggest walking around the property and looking for security vulnerabilities. Windows tend to be an easy point of ingress. Maybe a set of storm windows will help deter intruders. Sliding glass doors are particularly vulnerable. Here's an article with tips on securing sliding glass doors. Does your property have obstacles that provide cover or concealment for assailants? You might want to rearrange things so that you have a clear line of sight around your home as much as is practical. If you have a garage, make sure it's not easy to break into and try to locate your prepping supplies in the most secure... Sorry, try to locate your prepping supplies in the most secure place in your home. Number two is food. Preppers are well known for storing plenty of food. It's one of the top concerns of most preppers. But I find myself getting lax about my food supplies, forgetting to check expiration dates and using up some supplies without replacing them. It's good to do an inventory of stored food from time to time. Then add some new stored food to your supplies, especially vegetable oil and protein sources. Rotating stored food is essentially to it's essential to keeping your supplies refreshed and ready to use, but it's a little tedious to track, so keep an eye on foods you don't use too often. For myself, I have plenty of white rice and pasta, which basically never goes bad, but many protein sources such as nuts, seeds, do need to be rotated and kept fresh. Anything stored in the freezer will actually keep indefinitely, as long as it's frozen, but I go over my freezer food from time to time to see that I'm making the best use of that limited space, I prioritize perishables, egg whites, cheese, butter, and meat poultry in the freezer. Number three is water. Tap water is taken for granted, even by many preppers, but it's hard to store water. It's heavy and you need quite a lot of it, so probably the best option for drinking water is water purification equipment. There are several good companies that make this type of product. I prefer the LifeStraw products from Vestergaard. I have the Lifestraw family, the 1.0 model which is very compact and still available for sale. The 2.0 version has some improvements though it is larger and more expensive. If you want to go whole hog and don't mind spending some bucks, 
LifeStraw community is the ultimate in water purification. I get no money or benefit from recommending these products. I just think they are the best available. Many water purification products do not filter out viruses. Read the fine print. You want a product that filters out bacteria, protozoa, or parasites, and viruses. The EPA standard for removal of, of pathogens is bacteria 6 logs, that's i.e. 99.9999% or better, viruses 4 logs, that's 99.99% or better, parasites or protozoa 3 logs, 99.9% or better. LifeStraw Family 1.0 and 2.0 and LifeStraw Community meet or exceed those standards, but LifeStraw Personal and LifeStraw Go do not remove viruses. In fact, most small portable water purification devices do not remove viruses, so for prepping purposes, you need the larger device. I think LifeStraw Family 1.0 is the cheapest, best device that meets the standard for removal of all three bacteria, parasites, and viruses. Number four, meds. Both over-the-counter and prescription medications are likely to be in short supply once the stuffing hits the fan. I've bought a bunch of OTC meds from Amazon in large quantity for prepping purposes. Remember to keep all meds, even OTC ones, in a locked cabinet away from children and teens and other persons with questionable judgment. Prescription meds for anything you have to take on a continuum basis can often be obtained in a 90-day supply. Ask your doctor. With the SHTF, it might be dangerous to take that trip to the pharmacy or drugstore. And even if it is not, the shelves might be stripped bare. Number five is guns. If you're an avid shooter, you probably already own the guns you need in order to exercise the right of law-abiding, responsible citizens to use arms in defense of hearth and home. And you know how to use them. Good on you. But some preppers are not too interested in guns, and some maybe even don't particularly like guns. To those preppers, I say guns are useful tools, especially when the SHTF. And sometimes the ability of the police to keep law and order is diminished by a sudden surge in crime. Get one, even if you don't like it. What sort of gun should you own if you want an easy-to-learn firearm for home defense without spending much time at the range? I'm going to make just a few brief suggestions. A lever-action rifle in 22 long rifle is the minimum I would recommend for home defense. It is very low recoil and relatively low noise. You must work the lever before you take each shot. It's easy to learn, reliable, and accurate. For more power, get a lever-action rifle that shoots 38 Special. That's a good caliber of ammunition for beginners. In any case, make sure you and your family have hearing protection. A Ruger 10-22 rifle is lightweight, inexpensive, and has sufficient accuracy and power for home defense. It's also low recoil and can take magazines where permitted by law of 25 rounds. The 10-22 rifle is semi-automatic, which means it keeps shooting as long as you keep pulling the trigger. You don't have to work a lever or bolt between the shots. The high point carbine in 9mm is also a good choice for someone new to firearms looking for a home defense gun. It's reliable and low priced. It shoots with greater accuracy than a new shooter could get from a pistol, but it fires the popular widely available pistol ammunition 9mm, also called 9mm Luger or 9x19 NATO. Uh, that was 9mm Parabellum. Recoil and noise are modest, but hearing protection is always recommended for all guns. Now, if you must have a handgun rather than a long gun for home defense, and you are a new shooter, I would say you should go with a revolver. Get a 357 Magnum revolver with maybe a 4-inch barrel, but load it only with 38 Special Ammo, much less recoil and noise. 
Many revolvers can shoot both types of ammo, and even if you only use ever use the much less powerful 38 Special, you retain the option to switch to the higher powered Magnum ammo later. Number six is entertainment. I think entertainment is often overlooked by preppers when building their SHTF supplies for home or car or bug out bag. In any disaster scenario, you don't want to merely survive, you want to thrive, and that means having some refreshments for the mind and heart. Hence, these last two needs for hunkering down, entertainment and family and friends. I would begin by making the assumption that the internet might be down for extended periods of time, cable TV also, so that means you might have to resort to that old-fashioned form of entertainment, talking to one another. Just kidding. Keep a DVD or Blu-ray player handy with a bunch of popular movies and TV shows on disc. If all else fails, you could play cards or charades. I also suggest keeping on hand actual physical books for your reading pleasure and for your reference. We have become too dependent on computers and the internet, he said as he typed up his latest blog post. (laughs) Number seven is family and friends. Last but not least, people need people. Preppers need family and friends to help us get through difficult times. It's good for the soul to have people with you who care for you and for whom you care. It's also practical in a crisis. All hands on deck and that sort of thing. So there's uh, there's about four uh, comments there that you can go check out. And then a lot of links, to, again, that you'll want to check out here at prepblog.com. So uh, seven things you need to hunker down. Yeah, you might not, you know, there's just so much out there. You never know what the situation might be. It might be something as simple as, hunkering down because you you know there's you know rights or riots or whatever or it's just not safe crime is is so bad out there so a good article and something to something to consider all right so that's it for today and i i got through without sneezing i thought for a minute there i was going to sneeze and i was able to get through without the, without that so uh that's good hopefully maybe that's going to that's going to go um, so thanks so much for listening. This is episode 44. If you uh, get a chance, I'd really appreciate it if you came out to the website and you shared out our episode, episode 44, or just shared out the website and uh, just kind of get it out there. We, we kind of make it really easy for you. Also, love to hear from you. So if you can come and drop a comment in the comment section or hit me up on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, I like hearing from you and seeing how things are going. I also want to invite you to the email list. So when you come and you join the a more self-reliant life email list, and I'm really I'm I'm kind of using all my websites right now, Ed that matters Prepper website and the Prepper website podcast.com to for that email list and, and kind of going that way that way. And so when you do that, when you go register, you're you're automatically enrolled in um, in the free e-course, and it's five lessons. That uh, that you'll start receiving one lesson every week, and then after that you're you're in the email list, and so I uh, I uh, will welcome you to come and, and start that journey and, and be a part of that email list. You know, there's some benefits there. Uh, not only do I get to uh, offer that that e-course, and not only do I get to offer you later on down the road, you know, information that that I'm probably not going to put anywhere else. So I'll get to to share that out with the email list. But also if, and you've heard stories of this, right? Facebook will shut down somebody's page or, um, you know, Google starts um, not sending traffic to a certain website or whatever. And so really uh, when we're using Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and we're using all those things out there, we're really at the mercy of 
those social media in YouTube. We're at the we're at the the mercy of of their their business. It's their business. They can do whatever they want. If they want to shut it down at some point and not let you in, they can do that. And uh, there are some people that have been shut down, and there's just no recourse for that. But on the email list, even if you know all the the social media accounts were shut down, I could still communicate with you that way. Even if the website was taken down for whatever reason, I could still communicate with you. I could still send email uh, that way because the email is not connected. It's totally something separate uh, that's not connected to the website or any of the social media. So I always look at the email list, you know, in the back of my mind as a way to communicate if things start going haywire, you know, out there. And so I do welcome you to come and, and uh, you know, sign up for the email list and, and be a part of that group. So um, there, there are two, just, just in case you're wondering, there are two for Prepper website. There's the daily newsletter that you, where you get all the all the links that go that were posted the night before, you get that in your email. This this email list, uh, More Self-Reliant Life, is totally different. All right, so choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government, on the grid, or the grind. Until next time, stay prepped and aware. Peace.